Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. I am your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow nerds, Matt O'Hara. Hello. Juan Hernandez. What's up? And Mike Yozipovich. Hello. And today on our podcast, episode four, we will be talking quarterbacks. Uh, we're going to be talking about Teddy Bridgewater all the way down to Aaron Murray and a little Tom Savage take as well. Um, you know, when it comes to quarterbacks in Dynasty, unless you play in a two QB league, uh, it's probably the position that has the lowest value where they put the most fantasy points up. Uh, you know, when you see in these rookie mock drafts, they always go. You know, you don't, you don't see a lot going in the first round unless you have like Andrew Luck coming out or RG3. A lot of these quarterbacks slip in these drafts because, you know, with a 12-team league and 32 starting quarterbacks, they're easy to come by and they're easy to acquire. And there's not a big need for them. You know, if you have two decent quarterbacks on your roster, you, you, you're not going to keep drafting quarterbacks. If you get somebody, and they also have the longest shelf life as well. So if you get an Aaron Rodgers or an Aaron Andrew Luck, I mean, you have your starting quarterback for 15 years, 10 years, which is a lifetime when it comes to fantasy football. So it really devalues the position. Um, where it still is a very important position, uh, the value just isn't really there. Not only that, I mean, it's a big crapshoot when it comes to quarterbacks, just like the NFL. I mean, these guys have come out with the greatest hype in the world, and it can still be colossal bust. Uh, it doesn't matter who they are. Uh, where they go in the draft. I mean, even first overall picks, um, it's a 50-50 chance that they're going to find success. And when it comes to you know fantasy, not even just regular dynasty football, but regular fantasy football, um, a lot of people would rather gamble on a skill position player and worry about a quarterback later. Uh, definitely in this draft class too, there's definitely no Andrew Luck in this class. There's no surefire hit. There's as many question marks now before the draft. And I'm sure there's going to be some question marks after the draft as well. Um, we do have a consensus top four throughout the NFL uh, with Johnny Manziel, Teddy Bridgewater, Blake Border, Bortles, and Derek Carr. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo has really climbed up the charts too, and he could be something in that mix as well. But we have no idea where these guys are going to go in the draft right now. Uh, we don't know who's going to go first. We don't know who's going to go fourth. It could be, it could be any one of the four. Uh, I mean, we don't see Jimmy Garoppolo going first overall or anything like that, but the Texans are going to really start it off, and from there, it's going. It's going. It's just going. The dominoes are going to fall, and we'll see. We'll see where these guys go and where they land. It's going to just like any other position. It's going to affect their dynasty stock. But I don't know about you guys, but there's none of these quarterbacks in this draft that I see as a first rounder. Even though we had two go in our first mock draft 1.0, that's going to change. I don't see any of these guys as first round picks. I think Johnny Manziel could go first. You know, he he can run the ball, and 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 he's. He's got some playmaking ability, which I think is the only quarterback that I would take in the first round. So you like Johnny Menzel? You, I love him. I love so him. He's so to you, he's your number one quarterback coming out. Then he's my number one, and he's the only one I would take in the first round. But it would have to be like the last pick in the first round is probably as early as I'm taking him. Uh, yeah, I would. Uh, I'm mean, just because we've talked about him forever. I, I would still think Bridgewater could go number one, but it'd be like a last pick in the first round. Hey, yeah, but. Probably not. I don't think any QBs will go first round, I think, when it's all said and done. Yeah, I know when it comes to me, when it comes to Dynasty, 
I pretty much have a rule set in stone for me is I'm never taking a quarterback in the first round. Now, granted, there would be an exception like someone like Andrew Luck. Yes, but besides that, I don't care. I'd rather, I'd rather, I'd rather wait. It'd be really hard. It had to be a really, for sure thing for me to take a quarterback because I'm just, I'm just one of those people that I'm too tempted to take, you know, a playmaker there, and I feel this like. You know, I can get a Blake Bortles or Jimmy Garoppolo in the second round of my dynasty draft or even possibly in the third round and kind of roll my dice that way. Um, but you do need a franchise quarterback, and I guess I'm in a position where most of my leagues, anytime I do a startup dynasty league, the one thing I try to attack, at least by the fifth round of that, is I want to get a young quarterback. I want to get one of those young, good quarterbacks just so I don't have to worry about long-term about my quarterbacks. And I could take those crap shoots as the years go along in the second and third round I'm one of these guys like Jimmy Garoppolo, hoping one of them pans out. You know, like I got Ryan, Ryan, like the Ryan Tannehills and, you know, Andy Dalton's. Those are all guys you can get later. And if one of them pans out, then you're set for another 10 years. But, you know, I know 12 years ago when we all started up a league and, you know, I took Drew Brees early. It's nice, it's nice and comforting and not have to worry about my quarterback for 12 years. And I could sit back. You know, you have Aaron Rodgers, you're set. You have Matt Stafford, RG3, Andrew Luck. I mean, you're just set at certain positions. Uh, so that's the way I look at it. Uh, for me, in this draft, I mean, the first guy we're going to talk about is Teddy Bridgewater. For me, personally, he's my surefire number one quarterback in this draft. Uh, you know, everything I've seen out of college, and it's weird, too, when I think about Teddy, sometimes, you know, going into the draft, leading up to this year, Teddy, Teddy was a surefire consensus number one quarterback coming out, and he was considered to be the number one pick, and now they're talking about he might fall in the first round of the draft. So he can have like that Aaron Rodgers kind of syndrome where, you know, Aaron Rodgers, when he came out with Alex Smith, it was talked about he can go number one overall. He ended up slipping to the Packers, and we all know how that turned out. So Teddy B, for me, everything I've seen on tape, he he just looks like he's ready. He's definitely the most pro ready to come in. Um, I like a lot of things about his game. He, you know, he's six foot two. He's 214. His biggest, his biggest complaint about him is his size. And he's skinny, and he's skinny. But I mean, Tom Brady was tall and skinny when he was coming out. So I mean, these guys are young, so they will put on weight. Um, there's a lot of things Teddy does good. You know, he keeps his eyes downfield. He can move in a pocket. He's very accurate. He's got good touch. Um, he can throw open receivers. He's fluid in his drops. Um, so and he, what what he's best at too is he can actually check, make checks at the line, and he can read these defenses better than anybody else as well. Uh, so. Even and what really during his bowl game it really locked me up and I was like you know what I, Teddy Teddy for for sure for me is the number one quarterback coming out in this draft. So if I had to pick a quarterback and still wouldn't be in the first round, but if, I, if there's somebody that I I'm looking at in this dynasty draft, there's a quarterback I want on my roster. Even though Blake Bortles and Johnny Manziel have all this like upside, to me the safest pick and a guy who I think is have the most the number one pro career overall long term is Teddy Bridgewater. Um, what are, your, what are your guys' thoughts on Teddy? Well, one thing that I also like about Bridgewater, too, he doesn't commit turnovers. He only had four interceptions this past season. And really, like, if you have any spare time, you go back and watch that bowl game against Miami. I mean, he was on fire. I mean, everything about him, I, I'm not going to let that pro day phase me. I don't know about you guys, but I just think that I don't overblown. I think may, it may or may not affect his draft status. I guess we'll see. But uh, for me, I'm not going to let that affect how I visualize Teddy Bridgewater being in the NFL. I mean, we've talked about him for a couple years. He's been a number one 
QB for this draft class for probably two years, we've thought. And I, he just seems like the most pro ready. He's a, a pro style quarterback. He's got a great arm, I feel like. He's accurate. And I, I just don't really, I think there's not that much to talk bad about Teddy Bridgewater. So people aren't like nitpicking his game. There's not much you can nitpick about. Like, for example, like Manziel, you're wondering if his game can trans- transition to the NFL. There's like nothing about. Bridgewater, I feel like that you can say negative. So there, it's just hard to. I, I don't know. You guys get what I'm saying, or I, I understand what you're saying, but I do think there are a couple things that you can kind of, if you're going to be nitpicky about Teddy Bridgewater, I like mean, arm, arm, overall arm strength, maybe deep ball, deep I, ball. I, I, yeah, he definitely lacks accuracy going deep. I mean, I've, I've seen that over and over again, and also he, his balls just has a tendency to flutter sometimes. He doesn't have the tightest spirals, which, which can cause you know some inaccuracy downfield as well. That and the that combined with the fact that he really does have a hard time keeping on weight. I mean, he came to the, the combine at 214, which was great. Refused to work out, which kind of throws up a red flag to me, like it, it wasn't good weight. And then at his pro day, he dropped down to 207. That's seven pounds he lost in between, you know, a month, basically. And, and you know, it, it just says to me that that wasn't good weight. He's not going to be able to sustain that weight throughout a playing season. And that's what makes me nervous is, I mean, he was playing at probably closer to 190 pounds last year than 214 and that is i mean that's really slight for a quarterback and everyone's pretty much like what you're talking about is weight it seems like that's the consensus that his frame is never going to be able to support that 215 220 pounds that people keep hoping that'll put on weight that it's just his frame will not support that weight but i mean outside of like i mean the concern is that, like, for injuries, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Which is, I mean, obviously you can't control that. Yeah, you can't control that. But, I mean, a, a, a bigger player is more able to hold up to those hits and, and you know, won't sustain yeah. the injuries. So, that's, I mean, that's what where I come in on Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, I think his game, his game is great. Yeah. I mean, he does a lot of things really, really well. And I do think he actually is the best quarterback. It took me a while to come around to that. I, I was kind of anti um anti-Teddy there for a while, but then uh, after watching a lot of the film, I, I, I do think he's the best quarterback in this draft. Yeah, and, and you go into the accuracy thing, I mean, he was 77%, he's, you know, he's for really completion accurate. percentage on the season. I just, I don't see that being an issue. Maybe like a little bit of the, you know, the the, the deep ball flooding or, or, or whatever. He didn't have that issue against Miami. I mean, he, I mean, he's a, to me, he just looks like a pro's pro. I'm, I'm, I'm all in on him. I think he's going to be great. And I, if you're looking for a QB, like granted, at the top of the draft, he might not be worthy there. He's not an Andrew Luck or maybe RG three, but I feel like he's right behind there and is one of the better prospects that we've seen in our ten years of being, you know, in the dynasty league. I, I think he is better than like maybe like coming in coming into it for like better than a Vince Young or something Absolutely. or Matt Line or, or something mm-hmm. along those lines. I feel like he projects better than those guys did. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, we got to face it too. I mean, how many, you know, the most important thing up to me about a quarterback, it's not arm strength. It's not, it's not a Jamarcus Russell. Can you, can you chuck the ball 60 yards down the field from your knees? I don't care about that. I think the most important thing about being a quarterback in the NFL is accuracy. So if you're accurate and you can you can make those short to intermediate throws at a 77% rate, I mean that's all you need to be that's all you really need. I mean how many in the NFL how many deep throws are there really per game? I mean it's not really a high number, 
You know, most of these throws we see in NFL are 10 yard throws. They're short intermediate routes and we, they rely on a quarter, you know, the, the receiver getting open on their routes and the receivers to get some yards after the catch. So it's not, to me, that's that deep ball accuracy is not the most important thing. Not the most important, but all the good quarterbacks can make those deep throws. Not all, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely, you definitely want to be able to make those throws. I agree. Like I said, if that's his biggest knock is that his deep ball and his weight, again, I mean, weight something with the right nutritionist and, and an NFL team helping, I'm sure they can come up with a nice system for him to put on weight and maintain that and get him where he needs to be. And again, he's young, so he's still growing. I mean, I know a big knock on Tom Brady, like I said, again, when he came in was he's a big, tall, lanky quarterback. That's also why he had like a fifth or sixth round draft grade. He went so late is because he, he was so skinny and he was, you know, really freakishly slow. And it all, turned, it all turned out pretty well for Tom, didn't it? So, I mean, yeah, I mean, at least, I mean, Juan disagrees. I mean, but Juan, he'd still be in your top, I mean, Teddy's still in your top tier of quarterbacks, right? Yeah, he's my top tier. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, you know, for us, it, you know, consensusly overall in our rankings, we all have Teddy Bridgewater pretty much it, it averages out. He's our number one quarterback. You know, the one, the one last thing I'll say, because I know we got to move on, but the one, another thing that I do like about Bridgewater is he has that pedigree. He was like the top quarterback coming out of high school. Maybe not the top, but I know he had the five-star grade. Not many people get the five-star. He was the top quarterback coming out. So then moving forward three years later into, you know, into college, he, one of the top quarterbacks coming out. Just something I like that pedigree where you know that guy's been a stud consistently from high school to college and coming into the pros where somewhere, someone like, you know, maybe for example, like Blake Bortles doesn't have necessarily have that pedigree. So he has that certain stigma. He, you know, in my mind, I'd rather take the guy with the pedigree. Right, I, th- I think, I mean, I think Bortles only got one offer from a college to be a quarterback, actually, because I think he was getting the tight end tight end uh, offered and stuff like that. He only got one offer. Yeah. I mean, and I agree with Mike. That is always a nice thing to have. Somebody that's, that's been successful at every level. And, you know, Teddy B was successful at Louisville too. So that's, you know, that's a, that's another strong point. That's another point you can make about Blake Bortles. You know, he put UCF on the map. Uh, so these guys that come in and with a program and they do really well, you know, Teddy got into a bowl game. He's had a really successful, successful career. Um, everything I like about him, like I said, I mean, we just talked about, I really think he comes in the NFL, and I think long-term, Teddy B will be the best quarterback in this draft class. And he's smart, too. I believe he graduated in three years. Yeah, so his football not, IQ is really yeah. high. So, yep, I mean, we all like Teddy B. Um, now, our next quarterback that we're going to talk about, a lot of people like. He comes in this draft as the most polarizing quarterback I've seen enter the draft, maybe, maybe in the history of the NFL draft and Johnny Manziel. I mean, Johnny football is just a polarizing figure. Um, you know, there's the great thing about Johnny is his, his mobility, um, his elusiveness. He's he, he, him on the run is one of the best is one of the most entertaining quarterbacks you can possibly ever see play. I mean, his speed, his agility and his vision, um, they're, they're incomparable to any other else. Uh, he maneuvers in the pocket like a few can, um, he, and for his size, even though he's only 5'11", 207, he's got the biggest hands out of most of these quarterbacks. He's got some of the biggest feet out of all these quarterbacks. And this allows him to still throw the deep ball. Some people say, oh, can Johnny throw the deep ball? And he showed it his pro day. He had a, he had a pretty good deep ball at his pro day. Um, some people might say Mike Evans helped Johnny um, compared to the other way around. And I could see that because Mike Evans, to me, is a special receiver. But after, you know, Last year when Johnny won the Heisman, I was like, oh, man, Johnny Heisman, you know, Johnny football won the Heisman. He had a good year. 
I was like, let's see what he does next year. And he came in, and he was just one. I just remember early in the season uh, watching him play, and he was just electric. And for me, I, I like Johnny a lot, too. And I think I definitely think he has a chance to be successful in the NFL. And it's always going to be a little bit harder when you're under six foot. Um, but, you know, Drew Brees has done it. Russell Wilson's done it. And those are exceptions, not the rule. Um, but, you know, when you see Johnny play on the field, I mean, his energy and his his conviction on the field, you know, he, he wills his teammates to win. I mean, this guy's out there, and he's, he's a true leader. So if, if there's anybody that I see that is smaller that is going to be successful, just like kind of like, you know, Russell Wilson. That was a big thing on Russell Wilson was his leadership ability and his same kind of characters, not as, like, cocky as Johnny, but his confidence is through the roof. And I think Johnny is one of those people, he really does put a lot of time in on tape that's going to come in and put in the work and he's going to want to be successful. I mean, it's not like nobody else doesn't want to be, but I mean, he above all is want to come in and show these people, Hey, I could take, I could take a team to the Super Bowl and I can win. Um, his knocks are again, his size. Um, and he doesn't, you know, and even on that Groot, how Groot and pull, pull uh, point on that camp is he doesn't check down a lot like he's always looking for that big play instead of taking the check down which he should do he'd rather hold on to the ball a little bit longer and look for that big play to open up which can hurt you in the nfl big time he's gonna have to work on that it can get you hurt in the nfl as well yeah absolutely i mean he's gonna have to work on it he's gonna have to learn to take the check downs he's gonna have to learn how to take what's there and you know just sometimes get rid of the ball and he's not gonna be able to run as much as well again his size He's going to get eaten up in the NFL if he takes too many hits. So he's going to have to be really, where he's going to be able to move in the pocket, he needs to use that to his advantage to make plays and extend plays, but not the, he shouldn't do it as often as he can uh, just to be fancy. I mean, he's just going to have to really smarten up his game, is guess what, I, is what I'm getting at. Uh, do, I, do I think he can do that? Absolutely. Again, I'm a, I'm a big believer in Johnny. Um, I, when it first came into it, I didn't really like his attitude in college and everything. But I mean, he was young, had money, won the Heisman, found success. So I mean, we all did we all did dumb things when we were young. Uh, so I think he's gonna come through and have a have a solid career. Oh, well, still do dumb things. Um, if you look back at yesterday's opening day, but you know when you look at Johnny Manziel, he was a run first quarterback in 2012. You know last year he cut his rushing down in half, at least for rushing yards, and his his passing yards and touchdowns improved. You know I think he went from you know, run for his quarterback, and now he's really learned to pass the ball. I mean, that's a great point because, um, I mean, that's a great added bonus in his fantasy value as well. Is is the uh, you know he can actually go out there and run. I mean, it's an added weapon, I guess. Well, that's why I, he's the only quarterback I have that I would take in the first round is just his rushing. It's that extra, it's that extra additional, you know, few points he'll get every week. Yeah, I mean, I like I like the, my the biggest point I like that you made was his pocket presence like he did that's something that was a big knock for him so he came in last year and he ran last and he showed hey i could throw from the pocket so again it shows that you know he could, he's willing to work on what it takes to get better and that's what he did his whole you know this whole off season he's not out there doing pub or anything he's out there working on his game he's uh you know he's in, he's working on the west coast defi- you know really working on his game getting ready for the nfl and again he he can throw from the again everything i see on him his size to me is not end all be all to me because I think if you could play the game, you could play the game. It's that simple. It doesn't matter. You know, when people burn out, they'll use his size as a factor. But And there's just as many of these big quarterbacks that, you know, are horrible as the small quarterbacks. Well, a lot of these little guys don't even get a chance to play in the NFL. They're too short, exactly. and they just kind of write them off. They don't get drafted. They don't get picked by a team. And then they're just not even in the league to even get a chance. So, 
Yeah, and Russell Wilson's going to help break that mold. You know, Russell Wilson and guys like you know Drew Brees helped Russell Wilson along too, and I think it's going to give more opportunity to guys like his size. But like you said, most of these guys don't even get opportunity to even play the position at any level because it's you know you you know they're like, hey, I want to play quarterback, and like, sorry, kid, you're not you're not tall enough. Go yeah. play, go play slot receiver. Go play soccer, shorty. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Johnny Football is going to come in. He's going to be drafted in the first round. Um, it's again, it's going to depend where he he lies in. I think we can most agree to most of these quarterbacks, nobody's going to come in and light it up year one. And nobody's probably going to come in and light it up year two. So any quarterback that you do draft, you're probably going to have to wait on a little bit. The only thing is, I, I mean, I could see Johnny, if he did start doing all right, just because of his rushing ability. I mean, that's, that's kind of similar to what Cam, Cam Newton did. He wasn't great throwing the ball the first year, but man, he, all those rushing touchdowns. he had a ton of rushing touchdowns, right? Yeah, but I mean, Cam Newton and Johnny Manziel, size-wise, those goal line carries are going to be night and day. I can't see Johnny Menzel pushing a pile of toddlers, let alone uh, NFL linemen. Uh, Duly noted. So, I mean, we'll see. Again, I mean, there's nobody in this quarterback class that really jumps out at me and says I need him on my roster, but I do like Johnny. Um, and I even like our next guy, Blake Bortles. I mean, even though he came out of nowhere and I didn't know anything about Blake Bortles coming into the year, really. Uh, you know, at UCF, you he put him on the map. I mean, but he probably... You know, all the pundits are saying that he is the most upside out of all these quarterbacks. He's six foot five, two thirty two, so he's got the size, he's got the frame. Prototypical size, definitely for an NFL starting quarterback. Yeah, and I mean, and you're talking about a guy that can move as well. So he's got really go- good mobility. He can escape the pocket and he can maneuver in the pocket. Um, so he's got really good pocket presence as well. He keeps his eyes downfield. Um, he can throw on the run. Uh, he puts good touch on the arm. He's got he too is reported has a really good football high IQ. So. I mean, there's a lot to like about his game coming into the NFL. Uh, you know, he worked with Bill O'Brien in, before. Uh, well, not with Bill O'Brien, but uh, I can't remember the coach's name that worked with O'Brien as well. But he got him that, you know, he's, he does have some NFL coaching lineage going into his game as well. Uh, so, I mean, again, there's not a lot to know because I didn't watch a lot of UCF games. It's more just about the tape I've seen and. Uh, what I could read up on Blake, but I mean, he does seem like he has the most potential to come in the NFL, and he's definitely right now. A lot of people are picking him to go number one overall to Houston. It it does it seems like he's going to go number one. Um, and I think out of all the QBs in the off season, he's done the most to help his game. I mean, he's done really well in all the off season activities, and uh, wasn't see, a, he wasn't afraid to throw at the combine? Yeah, like, exactly. Uh, like a couple of the other that, that, that bugs me when they don't throw at the yeah, combine. Definitely. I mean, what what are you afraid of? Yeah. You know, I mean, I think all the quarterbacks are talented. I think they're just, I don't know. Obviously, it's money to lose if they have a, an off day. But That's the thing because it can't help. They just tell you it can't help you, and all it can do is hurt you. Exactly. Yeah, so, and Bortles I mean, rolled the dice in it. You know, he's out there to win it. I, I like the attitude. I you know. I always look at it like, oh, what if the Browns drafted him, you know, or drafted this guy or that guy, you know, and Bortles is one of those guys where I'm like, I think he could be good, but I, you know, I'll let him be good on someone else's team. I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure that I'm solely, truly convinced that he's going to be a great NFL quarterback. I don't know. I'd like to see a little bit more. I wish he would have, you can't stay in school when you're going to be the number one pick in the draft, but. I'd like to see, would have liked to seen one more year in Yeah, let's say he, maybe he, he's one of the players that would have definitely benefited from going back a year, like a Marcus Mariota. But he's, he definitely, you know, I like Teddy the most, but he's one of those guys that intrigues me more 
Like if it came to me to my dynasty team, if I had to pick between Johnny Manziel and Blake Bortles, for me prefer you know, I'd take Blake Bortles over. Yeah, I, I I would also. I like going back on Manziel real quick, he's just like he's the biggest boomer bust guy, I think, in the whole draft. Either dude's gonna be a stud or he's gonna be terrible. Yeah, there's and, no middle ground. Yeah, that. I just can't picture him being like Oh, you know, he's like, you know, Matt Ryan, he's pretty good. You know, I, I don't see that at all. I mean, Bortles, I can see settling in, in the middle, being good, you know, being a decent quarterback, but I don't know that I can say the same for Manziel. You just said that a decent quarterback. Manziel is one of those guys that if he turns out and, and plays like I think he can play, he's one of those guys that's going to win you some games and score you some big points in fantasy. You know, Bortles is just kind of, I don't know, it seems kind of boring to me. And he's got the size and the arm strength and all the good stuff, but I don't know. I'm, I'm probably not drafting with my fantasy team. Yeah, but I could see Bortles playing a whole season where I don't know. I question if Manziel can just the style of play, the size. But it'll get you some nature. points for those games he's in there, though. And then what are you going to do for those other games that he's not? Well, I'm going to have another quarterback. He's my my backup and bye week quarterback. That's, I mean, if you look at that, if you're looking for a nice, exciting backup quarterback, yeah. But it's again, it's all where you've. You know, value these quarterbacks. Well, it, I mean, these picks. if you're going to have Manziel as your backup quarterback, what does it matter about all these great points he's getting? He's just going to be sitting on your bench then. I guess it's what direction you want to take your team in. I, I like fancy, gaudy things, and, you know, some other people like, you know, have a more conservative type team and attitude. I, I could never tell by those sparkly shirts. I, I was just thinking that. I was like, they're he, bedazzles, not sparkles. <laughs> you can never have too many bedazzles or dragons. Uh, so I don't like any mis- my- mythical beasts, FYI. Yeah, and I mean, Blake Bortles, I mean, he's a raw quarterback. Except for the Phoenix. (laughs) And there's things he's got to work on. He has been working on, just like we say about Johnny, you know, his mechanics, his footwork, um, learn to lead his receivers a little bit better. Uh, But again, there's a lot of upside. He's probably, like we said, he's probably got the most upside out of all these quarterbacks. And I like him. I mean, me personally, I I like him. Um, I'd like to see where he goes. And you got to think about when it comes to quarterback, it's just as important on location where they go. Exactly. I was just thinking that if he goes to Houston, watch out. I mean, like he's stepping into a great situation. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, these quarterback. same thing. Like if, if Cleveland takes a quarterback and Houston takes a quarterback, you know, Cleveland's in line to have tons of explosive playmakers on their team. Houston's already got DeAndre Hopkins, Andre Johnson, Arian Foster. So these are teams that are ready to come in. Where I'd be more worried about, you know, like where Geno Smith is on the Jets, or even minute, not even I don't want to say Minnesota. At least they play in a dome, or like Jacksonville, or yeah, or exactly. uh, Oakland. That could be dangerous. So if if, the, if Jacksonville and Oakland takes a quarterback, even though I like what Jacksonville have been doing, they're still not there offensively. No. So in Oakland, just I mean, they their offense is almost non-existent right now. So you know, Johnny Football goes to Oakland or you know Jacksonville. It drops him down a little bit. So even if like Jimmy, you know, say Jimmy Garoppolo, say Houston goes clowny with their first overall pick, and they wait because they're like, hey, we'll go with Jimmy Garoppolo because we like him, and they wait on him, and then Jimmy Garoppolo goes. He's in a, he he's in a better situation for your dynasty team, definitely for right away. Uh, so it all depends on where they go as well, where these guys land. This is like any other team uh, to find success because you know once some, it seems like some of these quarterbacks that go in these bad si- situations and they get they get forced into starting and they have those bad years early, it's like something happens to them where they, do, they can never get back over that hump. And then you're just con- once they're considered a bad quarterback, that's it. They can never seem to get back over that hump. I mean, few do that I've seen uh, that come into the league. Well, a lot of the, you know, the podcasts, you know, things that we're talking about now, they're, they're more 
they're more fun per se because like you really don't we're just speculating where they're gonna go and stuff like that and but until they get drafted by a specific team that's when you're gonna have a true grasp on how they're gonna be uh their true dynasty value is gonna be because just like as you're saying you know if, if houston takes blake bortles we're gonna think high of them but if houston passes on bortles and he goes to jacksonville we might yeah exactly absolutely i mean it's all about opportunity and location uh and it's it's nice that's why it's nice now to kind of get a good the way i like to do it when i do my dynasty evaluation is i like to see where like how mike said you know where are these guys coming into college where were they ranked where were they before they were going into the combine where they were ranked and then where do they go after they were drafted and kind of see like okay why was he so high in college why was he so rated so highly uh, beforehand, and all of a sudden went later in the draft. And then people, you get a lot of those people in your leagues are like, you know what? I'm just, they they follow like the draft order. If somebody goes high in the NFL draft, you know, like, uh, what's his face out of San Francisco, Jenkins, uh, the first round pick receiver. He's so bad, his name's eluding me. Um, the same thing when he went, he went the first round, and we're like, that's pretty bad. None of us could think. There's of his four name. of us here, yeah. and I know he got tra- just got traded to the Chiefs recently. Yes, he but, did. But uh. Yeah, I mean, he won the first round. He won the first round, and everybody's like, "Why did he go in the first? Like, AJ, AJ Jenkins. Yes, and that's like, it. Like, why did he go in the first round? Like, what? This guy has no value at all. And then he gets pushed up in. Cause I didn't think he was good at the time, anyways. But then all of a sudden, he gets pushed up in dynasty rankings just because he was a first round pick. He went to San Francisco, and so I, I worry about things like that. So it's a good process to follow these guys throughout all aspects aspects of this, and not just follow the NFL draft. They get good value on them, right? I mean, I mean, those guys make mistakes too. So absolutely, uh, all, all the time. I yeah. know, like you were saying, like the QBs are, uh, you know, so hit and miss. But I think that's like that for any position. I just think like the the QBs, the quarterback position is so high profile. When when they miss, it's more uh, there's more spotlight on it. But I think that's like that for any position. Receivers miss just as much and running backs and everybody Every, else. Everyone misses. Just QBs are just so high profile when they miss. You're so, you're so aware of it. They're high profile and there's one, a team, you know, that's Exa- it. Exactly. So, I mean, startable, you know, and they get, you know, it's harder for sometimes it's harder for them to develop where some of these receivers, nobody expects them to come in year one and, you know, dominate. And there's still even other positions that there's, it doesn't matter, you know, Charles Rogers going ahead of Andre Johnson at number two. And people are like, you know, Charles Rogers is for sure going to be good. And they're still, they're still, you know, everybody's, everybody's a gamble. No matter how sure we think they are, um, you know, besides somebody like Andrew Luck, but still Andrew Luck easily could have been a bust. But there's very few surefire things like a Calvin Johnson or an Adrian, P- I, I consider Adrian Peterson one of those like surefire things. But I can come back to haunt you because Trent Richardson was considered one of the best running back prospects, but yo, he's for sure going to be good. He's going to Cleveland to trade up for him, and look where Trent Richardson is right now. Yeah, you never, you never know. And, I, and one of the things is like I, I think it may I may have said this in a prior podcast, maybe not, but like something I uh, always seem to be saying, you never like all these guys have talent; they're all good, but you never know what their motivation is after they get their contract. Like, I mean, Charles Rogers was awesome in college; he was motivated to get be the best wide receiver to get drafted in the NFL. He gets paid and he gets busted for weed. I mean, what's your, what's, what's your motivation after you get paid? I think like you can't really blame some of these teams. You buy all the weed he wanted after that. Yeah. 
It, yeah, exactly. Or Jamarcus Russell. I mean, he he had all the talent in the world. He just didn't want to work. Love he wanted. Yeah, exactly. You just you don't know. I mean, supposedly. Yeah, it is. And I, th- and I think that does help. Like this new CBA agreement with these new rookie deals. I think that does help them because I think now we'll be seeing more of that along their second contract. Now you have to be worried about. You know, these guys get. They're really working hard for that second contract. They're, they're just trying to get through their rookie deals. They're going to work as hard as they can. Some of them aren't going to be as expected as much, so they know they have a couple of years. And then you'll see some of those guys kind of like bust out. So I'd be worried about some of those concerns later on down the road. I think that kind of helps and it hurts, though, because, I mean, if, if they're not producing on the field, these teams can just cut, cut them loose and they're gone. I mean, so, I mean, there might be guys that they would have stuck with a little bit longer if they had more money tied into some of these guys. Now with these contracts being, you know, just the four years and less money, they can, I mean, look at Brandon Whedon. He's already gone from Cleveland two years after they drafted him in a first-round pick. Yeah, he I wasn't think that's, producing. yeah, but that's better for the NFL and for those teams. Oh, not, oh d- definitely. Yeah. I'm not trying to say oh, okay. that, but, you know, you draft a guy because he was a first-round pick in the NFL draft on your dynasty team, and now two years later, he's cut from his team. He's a definite backup for yeah. life now because he never got a chance to develop or anything like that. They just, I mean, it's just like, burn and churn you know yeah, valid points. Yeah. i mean at the end of the day i always you know like i said before it's like draft guys that you've watched or you put some like personal investment and in. don't just go off the sheet where you're like oh aj jenkins is a first round pick they must know something that i don't what well, dude they miss too so yeah, and yeah. yeah it's really important pay, just pay attention even know? like you know what we do when we say we're not gonna be right all the time you know, uh, we try to put this extra homework in for you guys. Uh, that's why, you know, we always go to Dynasty. That's why we always have more than one uh, evaluator when we do our ranking. So, you know, we always, you know, we really highly suggest going to DynastyNerds.com uh, and look at our rankings and check us out and see what we have to say and let us put that extra hard work in. But when some of these guys that you kind of like and you're kind of going to be targeting, you know, make sure you put in some research and see what you like and make sure your thoughts are comparable to ours. Well, one of the guys that the NFL teams, or the Raiders, I think really missed, and it's a good example, is Darius hayward Bay. And if you paid any attention to him in college, at least everyone in our draft, well, at least 11 out of the 12 people, knew he was going to be a huge bust and knew the Raiders overpicked or overreached on him. And um, that's one of those guys I wouldn't have drafted. But he went like, I don't know, fifth in our draft, and like I said, he turned out terrible. Yeah, same thing. I mean, you say the same thing about like Teddy Ginn. Uh, Teddy Ginn was somebody I watched, you know, as Ohio State fan. I watched every one of his games, and... When he was coming out, I just knew Ted Ginn was just more of a speedster. He's going to be helping more in special teams. And same thing. He went extremely high. And when he went there, I was like, wow, that's just too high for Ted Ginn. And I did went not seventh, see him. Seventh, seventh overall. Yeah. And I, I just, he was somebody I did not see that had fantasy relevance in my eyes. So, again, I mean, if you put in some of this research, just as simple as just watching a little bit of tape or doing a little bit of reading, you'll be able to find us out on yourself as well. And again, we put in the hard work for you, for you as well. But there'll be things that we like that we're going to be wrong, wrong about as well. So you might see something we missed or, uh, Again, you might just see something that you don't like because there's always going to be things and there's always going to be players that you don't like. Um, and again, quarterback is something you know that you should really put some time into because if you do hit, again, I can't emphasize enough, if you do hit on these quarterbacks, it's, a, it's something that you don't have to worry about for a very long time. And again, we're, all, we're still talking about the number one point getters when it comes to fantasy football. It's a nice luxury to have, 
when you have somebody that, you know, like Juan has one of his dynasty teams, he has Aaron Rodgers and Nick Foles. Nick Foles is one of those guys I got in the third round. I got him, I think it was one of the last picks in the third round. You know, that's when you can get some some gems at quarterbacks, and you're not going to find any good running backs at that spot in the draft. Yeah, so, and you drafted Foles simply because you had Mike Vick. Yeah. And you want to back him up. Yeah, it was a good spot case. to just pick my uh, pick my handcuff quarterback. And um, like I said, there's no good running backs there. There's, you know, you're really taking a gamble on, 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 um, on wide receivers. So, like, right around then, third round, quarterbacks, tight ends is what I'm taking. I mean, speaking of bust, let's, let's move on to our next guy, Derek Carr. Um, his brother was, you know, when the last time the Texans had the number one overall pick, he, they took his brother, you know, David Carr, and he turned out to be a colossal bust. And now his brother is coming in here, which I think kind of helps that he had a brother that played quarterback in the NFL that did not have success. Uh, I think it's going to, I think it's long-term and even short-term is going to help Derek Carr. Um, again, he's somebody that has a lot of questions about his game as well. There's some people out there say he can go really high in the first, and there's some saying he might go late first, early second. Um, he's 6'2", 214 out of Fresno State. He's got the arm. He can make all the throws. He can read coverages. He can recognize pressure from the line of scrimmage. He's athletic with good vision. Keeps his eyes down the field. Um, but, you know, the big thing is he, he primarily played out of shotgun. Uh, he played at Fresno State, and they were a pass-happy school, um, so some of his numbers are a little inflated. Uh, so... I mean, I'm looking at the first game of last year, 73 attempts in one game. That's a lot. That's, that's a lot. In, that's rest. inflated. And j- just for accuracy's sake, Houston did have the number one pick one other time, and they took Mario Williams. Correct. Yeah, yes. okay. Yeah, you're right. Um, if I don't say it, someone will tweet at us and be like, <laughs> you guys are wrong. <laughs> uh, can't be right all the time. Uh, so, But Derek Carr, he's something that's intriguing to me. Uh, I know a lot of people are down on Carr. Some people are up on Carr. But again, he's one of those people. I can see that he he can he can easily just as be as good as any of these quarterbacks in this draft. Yeah, I, I agree. I I wouldn't be. I, I'd put him up. He has just as good a chance to to be as good as Manziel, Bortles, or Bridgewater. Right? Yeah, I mean, sometimes too, when these quarterbacks that do go later, I mean, if you could find a team that takes these guys a little bit later and they'll sit on, like, what if like New England takes Derek Carr, and it, you know, and they're like, hey, you know, because Tom Brady is getting older. In like two years, Derek Carr could be the man in New England under Belichick with some good tutelage. I mean, some of these guys like Aaron Rodgers that went behind Brett Favre and got to sit and got to learn a little bit more, and they're not rushing to these bad teams and bad situations, can find themselves in just an overall better situation by falling in the draft. Derek Carr is most likely going to be the guy sitting there in the third round, and, and he probably got drafted in the second or third round in the NFL draft, and he probably is going to get time to develop. So I think that's a great, that's a great point, Rich, because, I mean, these are the kind, type of guys you want to grab in that area. I mean, they're going to get a shot eventually. And, you know, it's just a matter of time before he's going to, you know, possibly produce for your fantasy. The thing I like about Derek Carr, he's got a nice pedigree. He's been around forever. If you pay attention to college football, I believe he's a four-year starter, but he's been on the the scene for three years. You know, a lot of people say he's better than David Carr, and I think David Carr was just a victim of going to an expansion team um, and just getting... he got beat up bad. You he, got, know? he got Tim couched. Yeah, I was thinking that. I just didn't want to keep referencing Browns guys, but I mean, he got hit so many times. I think it just stunned his career. I think David Carr could have been really good as well, but you know, a lot of people. Situation. Yeah, exactly. All about situation. I think Derek Carr, at what, from what everyone's saying, that he's even better than David Carr. And um, I think that the thing that really hurts him in the eyes of like just the, the average, you know, college football fan or fantasy football fan is they didn't he did not perform well in 
the bowl game against USC. Right. Not even just a bowl game against any good teams. He didn't really play well. But yeah, I mean, in his biggest game of his career against his bowl game, like you said, against USC, he's, he played horrible. Yeah, but you can't really help, though, that, I mean, Fresno's not bringing in the, the type, but they don't have the same uh, kids that USC has. I mean, that, that you're at a disadvantage matching up Fresno State against USC. I mean, where USC is constantly in the top 10 in recruiting classes, where Fresno's picking up the, you know, two and three star guys. But you, you still know? go back to like a Blake Bortles at the same time. I mean, you know, Joe Flacco out of Delaware. I mean, some of these guys, even though they're not these big well, teams. Fresno court- only had one loss and same with, yeah, you know, Central no, I agree, Florida. I mean, Fresno's really good in their conference. So. There, it, it seems like to me there's not a lot of successful NFL quarterbacks that came from like big time programs that were always winning in college and then transitioned really smoothly into the NFL and also did the same thing in, in, in the NFL that they did college. I don't know. I, I feel like I like it when a quarterback kind of has to go through adversity in college and deal with that kind of stuff because then they come in to the NFL kind of already knowing how to deal with that when they run into it. Yeah, and you're right, Matt, because a lot of these quarterbacks that do come from these big schools, you know, like the Matt Leonards and Vince Youngs, they, none of them, you don't see a lot of success, you know, a lot of these teams coming from these big schools. You know, Tom Brady went to Michigan. Again, he's like a late guy and pain man on Tennessee, you know, but, you know, pain man's way above and beyond, but right. you know, you know, Rogers out of Cal, but Cal's a big school or rivers at NC state or, you know, Flacco out of Delaware, Roethlisberger out of Miami of Ohio. So it, uh, it, I, I definitely like what you're saying on an aspect. Like it doesn't really matter. That's, and that's what I look for a school, like a quarterback should be able to elevate their team no matter what the talent is around them. And I, I think they the did that. that does it. no, like yeah. I said, and, I, and I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. I do like Derek Carr. I'm just telling you, you know, from the study and I see and all that, you know, reading I've done, one of his knocks is just one of his knocks is when it comes to the big games or the better teams is where he didn't show up and play his best football at times. And I'll just, you know, I'll just kind of like, hey, what's the rest of the talent around you? I don't know. That's just my one, the one thing that I would look at, especially when you're because against their competition again their schedule they only had one loss going into the bowl game so you, know, you go against usc and granted the record doesn't show up but usc is always top you know in the nation and recruits and that's something fresno is definitely not doing my only one concern about Derek Carr, my one and only concern is he's never uh, he's always in the shotgun so yeah, can good. he can he transition can he make that transition i think that he can and you know, and I, I now I've seen you know, way back when, probably in October or so, Derek Carr was maybe a top ten pick in those mock drafts, and then yep. they had that bad game against USC, and then he's kind of slipped back into the second round. But now, if you kind of started paying attention, he might be back into the first round again. Yeah, so. it's gonna be. It's I I see Derek Carr as one of those quarterbacks from NFL time that if he does not go late, like late, like somebody like Cleveland sitting on at twenty six. I can see somebody, you know, not letting, definitely if Houston does not take a quarterback first overall, somebody kind of jumping into that late first round to kind of go get Derek Carr so it doesn't go to day two and they can make sure they get their guy. Uh, going back to Mike's point about the, sh- the shotgun only type of thing, he actually went to the senior bowl and, and you know, they took they take snaps like from under center a lot. So he actually was the best quarterback there. So I mean, okay. I think he alleviated a little bit of that concern yeah. in the eyes of, you know, NFL scouts. Yeah, I mean, another knock for him, too, is, like, he doesn't, so far, what I've, you know, on my study, too, he doesn't really in tape, uh, when he gets pressure and he gets blitz, he kind of, he kind of forces the ball a little bit, and he doesn't really handle the blitz pickup. Again, those are things that could be taught, uh, 
and coach stop. And it's either you can you either learn it and find success or you don't. And then you find yourself as a backup on the, you know, holding a clipboard for your entire career. Um, and, you know, let's move on to another guy who has got a lot of hype, you know, lately out of another small school guy out of Eastern Illinois, Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, you know, the number one thing talked about Jimmy is his quick release. He's got the quickest release coming into this draft. And that's really, really important in the NFL is be able to get rid of the ball quickly. Uh, so he's 6'2", 226. So he's got the size. Um, and, you know, with that quick release, you know, his ball comes out right around like his shoulder. He's been compared to like that Vince Young kind of release. But he's also very accurate, which is something I really like again. And he throws a really good fade route, which is great for like, you know, beat when you're in the red zone. Um, he throws a really good fade ball. So quick release, if you, you, you tell me, you know, without giving me a name, you just say, hey, I'm talking about this quarterback. He has a really quick release, throws a, throws a great fade, and he's really accurate. I don't need a name. I'm like, wow, that sounds like that's an intriguing quarterback prospect. He sounds, sounds good. You know, sounds good. That's what I need to hear for me. I don't care about, again, I don't care about the strongest arm. So accuracy, quick release, uh, really important to me. I think quick release is just as important as height. I see some of those, you know, a lot of tall quarterbacks in the NFL that just had that slow release that seem to have ball after ball get batted down. And, uh, you know, some of the little guys that are the quick release, you know, don't even have that same problem. So I, that, that's just as important, I think. One thing that, you know, I would be concerned with, I think like the, after Derek Carr, there's that line. I think those top four guys could be really fantasy contributors. Um, after that, I think all the guys from here on out are, you know, you're, they're a crapshoot. Um, one, one of the knocks on like Bortles and Bridgewater is lack of competition. And Garoppolo is, you know, an FCS quarterback. I, I don't know. To me, it's just a gamble that I I'd rather let somebody else take him and I'll, I'll draft somebody. I'll take somebody else. It's just somebody I don't really want to mess with come coming from the guy that drafted Joe Flacco, but still like <laughs> I, I wouldn't draft Garoppolo just on that alone. I I'd rather take a guy that's played in big time, big time games. Yeah. See to me, when it comes to me, like when it comes to quarterbacks and dynasty rookie drafts, uh, it comes down to, we've just talked about before opportunity and situation and value. So it comes to this rookie draft, you know, if Garoppolo goes somewhere like Houston, you know, and it comes to rookie draft and he's say, I have a later first round pick and there, you know, there's not, there's not a whole lot of receiver running backs that I really like there. Then he's somebody that I might take a chance on again, something that I feel like I'd sit on just because of opportunity. I understand what you're saying. Like, you know, they seem like they have more risk because they haven't faced the challenge, but that goes right back to our point. We were just talking about the small school quarterbacks, like the, Roethlisberger's and you know yeah, the but, Joe Flacco's. Yeah, but Roethlisberger is still in, was an FBS. You know he played in the MAC. I mean, you yeah. know that's big time school. At least Flacco was was a scholarship quarterback at Pittsburgh before transferring to Delaware just because of playing time and not getting you know along with a coach or whatever. It just I don't know. I'd rather just take the guy. And I mean, there, every once in a while, there's somebody that comes out like Tony Romo or yeah, Steve Steve I mean, McNair or something that? like that. That, you know, I said, you know, Alcorn State for Steve McNair. And, but, you know, if we go to how we're talking about the small schools before, all of a sudden, Jimmy Grappolo comes in, doesn't start year runs, one starts year two. We'll have two Eastern Illinois starting quarterbacks in NFL. I mean, one, I mean, yeah, that, that's crazy. crazy that's that? crazy. You know, so it goes right back to our small school standpoint, you know, we were talking about it's like, okay, we have all these big major and schools. How many, how many QBs are starting from Alabama or something? Yeah, <laughs> you know what I exactly. mean? Exactly. And then we'd have two quarterbacks from Eastern Illinois. And I mean, that's, 
That's mind blowing if you think about it. It's just it's just crazy to think about. And Jimmy Garoppolo is probably gonna have a really good chance to start in the NFL. He's he's a hundred percent gonna get an opportunity to be a starting quarterback in the NFL, the way I see it. Um, I'm definitely not anti. I'm just saying, like for me, it would just be something that, you know, if 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 you're on the fence, like I would be on him. I'd I would just think about, you know, I'm gonna let somebody else worry about him, and I'm gonna take a chance on somebody like say, uh, you know, Aaron Murray or something along those lines. J- that's just me. I'll let somebody else worry about it. Some maybe like if you're in a like last year, I could think of if you're in like a redraft league, if you wanted to draft Gronkowski and you're like, my oh, God, he's got all those injuries. Is he gonna come back? He was just like one of those guys where I'm like, hey, I'm gonna let somebody else worry about him and I'm yeah. gonna move on somewhere else. See, that's how I feel. Like you mentioned Aaron Murray. That's exactly how I feel about Aaron Murray. There's no chance. I don't think any situation I would draft him for my dynasty team. Um, but when you were saying before, like, oh, everybody else is a crapshoot, I think the guy that has a top-of-the-list crapshoot, the guy I want to talk about next, next is Zach Mettenberger. I mean, I'd like to see where, I would I would love to see where he would be if he didn't tear his ACL that last game. Because then we're talking about a guy here who's 6'5", 224, has the size in the NFL. He has, you know, probably the strongest arm in this draft. He's got a rocket arm, man. He can make all the throws. He has great velocity. Um, he's really accurate. He was really accurate at LSU and he's got the, you know, he's, he's able to take a hit. He'll stand in the pocket and take a hit, uh, which obviously can, you know, carry ACL. And it also helps that he has to take a hit cause he's not very mobile. Not at mobile at all. He's at just all. got cement feet. He's your classic drop back passer. That's what he yeah. is. I mean, he's, he's been in, um, that LSU system that's been run by Cam Cameron too, who's a former NFL coach. Yeah. So that's, that's a positive. It's and, huge, and I when, think. When I see him play, I, when I see him play, he looks like an NFL quarterback already. I agree. I agree. He's one of those guys, you know, since he got hurt, I didn't really put a lot of attention into because he hasn't been getting a lot of talk because he's talking about dropping back. But then I went back and watched some tape on him. And so, yeah, he seems like, wow, he looked to me like an NFL quarterback. And he's going to be somebody that will. He's going to go later than he should because of the ACL. And he's probably going to find himself in a good position. So for me, again, like you said, there's like crapshoots. Menberger's like a perfect example. Hey, let all these other guys take these, uh, you know, these top names, and I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Mettenberger in like the third, fourth round of my rookie draft. I'm gonna sit on him, and he probably won't be, you know, I probably got a couple of years to wait on. But when he does come in, he could easily be a top, you know, a top tier starting quarterback in the NFL. I mean, he's got a lot of things he needs to work on as well. He's never gonna be a mover. Um, he needs to learn how to get the ball out quicker because he has that slow wind up because he's so big. He actually it actually comes out to his wind up, so he's gonna need to be coached up. Uh, a little bit better for that. Uh, and But like Matt said, he was coached up by Cam Cameron. So that's a huge bonus coming in as well to like understand NFL philosophy and what NFL coaches are looking for you. And just to be taught by somebody like that in college is a huge bonus. To come, yeah, one step, ahead, one step ahead of you know, some, you know, everyone else. Yeah, and that's all it takes. I mean, you get, you be in line to get your chance in the NFL. So, I mean, Zach Mettenberger to me is one of those guys that, for me, come this rookie draft, he's definitely on quarterback list. He's on a top tier of guys I'm interested in, just because, just simply because of where I can get him in most rookie drafts. And, and look at all the, the, you know, all the you know, playing in the SEC, all the great teams that he went against in comparison to like a Garoppolo. I mean, he's going against Alabama and you know Ole Miss and Georgia and Arkansas, all these great schools. So, another another little side note there is. Um, I mean, look for him to kind of creep up, actually, at NFL draft boards. He's got um, a, a pro day coming up. LSU pushed their pro day way back this year just so um, he could get a little healthier. So he might 
if he performs and gets healthy before then, uh, I would look for him to creep back up NFL boards a little bit. You guys don't think his slowness, slowness in the pocket's going to hurt him at all? No, not at all. I mean, Tom Brady doesn't run. I mean, Pain he doesn't, doesn't run. Tom Brady's, you know, he's, he's got cement shoes too, but he's awfully graceful in the pocket. He moves just quick enough to get away from defenders. And that's one of the things that, uh, you know, that he does poorly. Yeah. I mean, that's one of those things. I mean, either, either in NFL, you're either a pocket passer or you're a mobile passer. And it's, it's, I, I, me personally, I, I like the pocket passer because they're, they're just, they, they, to me, they overall seem to be the better quarterbacks. The Drew Brees, the Payne Mans, the Tom Brady's, the Aaron Rod, even though Aaron Rodgers can run, uh, but you know those guys that are, can just stand there in the pocket. I think they're more reliable for your fantasy team because they're less likely to get injured because they're not running around like absolutely. crazy. Absolutely, absolutely. And again, I mean, when, again, I, for me, when it comes down to quarterback, I want my I want my quarterback to be a good quarterback. I want him to do what he needs to do. I need him to throw the ball and get yards and get touchdowns. I mean, I want my quarterback to be a good quarterback too. But just the things I'm reading about Mettenberger is he's too slow to avoid the to avoid the he, rush. And he, if he's not moving around in the pocket, he's just going to get crushed all day long. Yeah, the 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 speed the the slowness kind of reminds me of a way, and I, again, just bring up the Browns again, but it reminds me of Brandon Whedon in a way. That would be like one that he was so slow, but he had all the other intangibles, big in the arm and yes, the blah, well, blah, blah, blah. Comparison. But he's slow as can be. He's a statue. You know? Yeah, you don't got to move really fast. You just got to be aware and just have enough mobility to get out of the way of the rush and throw the ball. And you just have to have quicker decision-making. You got to th- think quicker. I mean, that's just the way... It's got to be, and I'm not, you know, I'm not sure um, that is one thing. I'm not really sure on Mettenberger's quick decision-making. I don't know if you guys are aware of that or not, but that is something he's going to need um, to be successful to, to make up for the, the lack of uh, foot speed. Well, that awareness is just something I think you either have or you don't. I just don't think it's something you can learn. Yeah, I mean, because that was a big knock on Whedon, like, you know, his awareness as well. So, but again, these are all things that are going to push Mettenberger down in your rookie draft. And again, he's somebody, if you are if you have a Drew Brees, an order quarterback, and you're looking for a guy that can really, that you can get late, that has really good potential, Zach Mettenberger is definitely one of those guys. Um, moving on to another quarterback that has really good size, uh, that was recor- recruited actually to be a tight end as well, is Logan Thomas uh, out of VTech. He's six foot six, uh, big, you know, he's a big guy, 248, and you know, I think back in 2011, he was talked about like he was going to be this top quarterback prospect. And then after that, I mean, he just... He's not good. I mean, no offense. I've seen him play a lot against Miami and stuff. He, he's just not that good. He never made that that next step after, I believe, his sophomore year. And he's he's just not good. He's, he's not, not, he's not Yeah, all. he's not accurate at all. He's just His game's not going to translate. He's not smart enough. He doesn't make the accurate passes. He's... He's just—it's like not going to work. He's like a Jamarcus Russell kind of guy, real big, yeah. really extremely strong arm. But you said doesn't have the really football IQ, uh, and doesn't have the accuracy. And again, he goes one back to the point of you could be a, you have a strong as arm and you could throw it from here to the moon, but if you don't hit the moon, you know, dead on the numbers, it's kind of all irrelevant if you're throwing to the cheerleaders. Yeah, I, I agree. I just some I would stay away from. I just know the ending of this movie. It's not good. He's not gonna. He's not gonna pan out. Spoiling the movie for everybody. I, yeah, I don't have much to add. Like, I mean, I when I watch him on film, he'll make one throw that looks amazing, mm-hmm. and then he'll make five terrible throws. Dude. Yeah, I mean, it's just hard to you can't really rely on that. Yeah, at there's all. times where he looks good, but then like there's times where he looks terrible, and and it, you just know it's it's not going to translate. Like, I mean, I could see why a couple years ago there was hype around him because every once in a while he'll flash it, and then yeah, and then boom, I mean something dumb. And you're just, 
Really. Yeah, so unless you're in like a two QB starting league and with a deep roster, I mean, Logan Thomas is probably going to go undrafted in a lot of drafts. Unless you have a deep, you know, our rookie, some you know, some people have the three round rookie drafts. People like us, we have six round rookie drafts too. So he'll probably get, he, he's definitely a possibility at like a six round pick. I, was say, I, I might take a flyer on the guy in the sixth round. You know, those guys, I mean, I picked kickers back then. You know, who cares in the sixth round sometimes? So. Yeah. Most of those guys do not make your roster exactly. anyway. So. Um, that I kind of agree with Mike. I'm not really a big fan of him at all. And I can, he's just somebody, even no matter where he is on my board, I, he's somebody I'd probably scan right over and go to the next guy and take a flyer on, you know, like, a John Brown or like a, one of those like lower receivers or something along those lines. Uh, yeah, I agree with Mike. Uh, he's terrible. And I'm not taking any terrible players in my team. I'll, you know, I'll kicker, tight end, six rounder, maybe him, but whatever. Yeah. I mean, let's move on to Aaron Murray. Uh, Aaron Murray is one of those guys a lot of people are talking about too. Like I've heard a lot of people like, oh, Aaron Murray could be the best quarterback in this class. Yeah, could, I like him. Obviously, by a few minutes ago, I could see that you didn't. Yeah, uh, but I I'm, do. I'm not a big. I mean, again, he's a shorter quarterback. He's six foot two oh seven, so he doesn't have the size. Um, he he too like Menberger tore his ACL, uh, so he's coming off an injury, and you know when I, I just when I watch him play, like the way he throws the ball, he doesn't have that like that really tight spiral. His arm strength isn't that great. He was on a good team, which I think kind of helped him. Uh, just after I went back and actually like watched Aaron Murray play a lot, he seemed like he was one of those people that was like a pretty good college quarterback. Uh, kind of reminded me of a little bit of a kind of like Ken Dorsey kind of. Just me personally. Uh, Ken Dorsey was a great college quarterback. He was a great college yeah, quarterback. The worst NFL quarterback I've ever seen. And he was, yeah, a great quarterback coach. <laughs> yeah, NFL. It just he's just when I see Aaron Murray, he, he goes back to that big school quarterback that we were talking about earlier that was really successful in college. But then you get those quarterbacks that are successful in college just because of the program they're in and all the abundance of talent around them. And that's what reminds me of Murray. Um, I think his size for him, I think his size does work against him because uh, he doesn't have that big playmaking ability. Again, when I when I see Aaron Murray, I see a good backup quarterback in the NFL. I see him wearing a baseball hat backwards and holding a clipboard yeah. for his entire career. I think he has a chance. I think had he not got hurt, I think he would be a borderline first-round pick in the NFL draft. Um, I mean, he's a four-year starter at Georgia playing against elite competition, and he's been good for four years. I I don't know. I just don't see what... what the, outside of the injury, I think that's the only knock on him. And I... You know, I mean, if you're going to give Mettenberger a little props for maybe like being able to be good i think murray's got yeah. every bit of good well, a chance got of the size above him he's got the arm strength above him as well i mean it's, that's what i'm saying i'd much rather take a chance on a guy like mettenberger than aaron murray uh just again my own personal beliefs i'm me me personally um obviously you like him this is we're going to differ i don't like aaron Murray yeah. at all he's somebody that i would not take a flyer on i don't think wherever he gets drafted i think he's be drafted to be a backup quarterback with the potential to start and definitely possibility to get a chance and i could be wrong but again, I, I agree with Matt. Hat backwards, holding the clipboard, uh, and just kind of getting those spot starts and kind of help. Again, he's somebody that I would never even consider for my dynasty team. Really, no, that mm. seems like a wasted pick for me. There's just too many questions. It's too like like you said, size, arm strength, and and I just I where he's going to get drafted. He's not going to get a he's not going to get a chance to start. I don't think. I think he's going to be a really late round pick in the NFL. So I, I don't think I don't so. think so either. So I that's think he's going to be like a, as well. I think he's going to be an early, you know, maybe like a third round pick. I agree. I see, I agree with Mike on that. I think the NFL teams and if you're a third round like pick, him. you're going to get a chance. Well, this is I mean, then guess that's where you know situation comes in because if, if he does get a third round pick, I think he'll have a greater situation and and maybe opportunity to play. So then maybe he'll go up my board a bit. But 
for right now, I, that's that's the way I see it. I see him going later than the third round. I mean, like to me, I have those guys. Like I, I mean, they go hand to hand, Mettenberger and Murray. To me, I could go either way. I mean, I just prefer His Murray, preference. you know. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. like I both have them like in the same in that same because they're uh, all gambles category, mm-hmm. you know. These guys are all gambles, and I agree with Mike. Even probably without the injury, he probably would go a little bit higher too. But again, after watching the tape, to me, it doesn't matter. He could have gone in the first round. Uh, he could have been the first overall selection in NFL draft. I still wouldn't be a fan of him just what, from going back and seeing what I saw. When I'm when I'm picking players and I'm gambling on though, I like to pick players that have something that stands out to me and nothing stands out for that exactly. guy. Like Ben Berger stands Man, out with his size, his exactly, arm strength. Those stand exactly. out to me. Those. Yes, I agree, Matt. I agree hundred percent. Um the last guy we're gonna talk about is a guy I don't know a whole lot about. And this is a guy I'm gonna probably watch a little bit more tape on. Um he's really his name has really come up these last couple of weeks of doing, you know, of me following and doing some research and Tom Savage out of Pitt. Another guy that has, you know, 6'5", 235. Um, and some people I've read have been given, I know Sports Illustrated just said recently, you know, somebody on there gave him a second round grade. Um, again, he has a big arm. He's got the size and big frame. Um, I don't know a whole lot about him. It's something I'm going to look into more, but I'm like, I know you have followed Tom Savage. Yeah, I know a little bit about him. I, back in the day, did it like a NCAA Dynasty uh, League. And uh, I had Tom Savage was a big time quarterback. Uh, coming out of high school at Rutgers and he's got the size, the arm strength, he's big quarterback, he just didn't get along with um, Greg Schiano. ended up transferring to Arizona um, and then they brought in Rich, Rich Rodriguez and that, that system does not fit him at all, so then he ended up transferring to Pittsburgh and then you know, meanwhile, you got to sit out a year each time. So he missed two years, you know, due to, to transferring. And he's just one of those guys that had he stayed in one, he should have just fought it out at Rutgers. He kind of has like, you almost think like, man, the guy's kind of a quitter because he doesn't get along with his coach. And then he transfers and then the system doesn't fit him. And then he transfers. He would have benefited more if he would have just toughed it out at Rutgers. And, um, you know, maybe like earn the respect of his coach or something along those lines. And he would have benefited a lot more. And I think he would be a lot higher up these boards had he stayed somewhere for more than one season. Big surprise. Somebody not getting along with Greg Schiano. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, he I seems mean, like a jerk. He's going to be one of those guys that I follow. Like if he does go in the second round, you know, again, he's going to be one of those people that we've talked about before. Don't pay attention to uh, these guys that shoot up these draft boards. But Tom Savage is, I want I want to throw his name out there because he's been getting a lot of pub lately, and I want you know make sure everybody out there that's listening kind of go do their own research on him and follow him, and I want to make sure you guys out there. And again, we're just here at DynastyNerds.com to provide you with the most accurate and best information that we can. And Tom Savage right now is a quarterback that is talked about. Yeah, exactly. NFL execs. We're like Logan Thomas. I wouldn't take a flyer on in uh, dynasty draft. I would take a flyer on Tom Savage with a late round pick just exactly. for the hell. But I think there's. He's got a chance to put up some stats in the NFL, uh, where Logan Thomas, for example, I don't think does. He kind of reminds me a little bit of Mike Glennon in a way, you know, I mean, a late round pick, probably not expecting much return on your value. And Mike Glennon ends up starting and he might be a starter this year too. So, I mean, at least you're getting some value out of those later round picks. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. It's, it's one of the things that's a good, when you're paying pennies on the dollar, it's kind of good to take a risk on because the reward is so great and the long-term value of it. And again, Tom Savage is one of those guys that I'd keep your guys' eyes on. Um, and there you have it. That's our take on the quarterbacks of this class. Uh, again, big big gambles, but again, you know, the, pay, the, the, the overall reward on these quarterbacks is great. So 
Make sure to consistently follow our rankings on these quarterbacks uh, at DynastyNerds.com on our rankings, and we'll be updating them consistently. They're, they're, these are another tier that's going to change drastically after rankings. Um, if you want to hit us up on Twitter, you can follow us at DynastyNerds.com or at DynastyNerds on Twitter. Uh, you can hit me up at DynastyRich. I'm, I'm at DynastyMatt. One Dynasty Nerd, J-U-A-N. At Dynasty Nerd Mike. Yeah, and there you have it, guys. That's our, that's our quarterback's take. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Ready, set, put up. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.